Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing today? Welcome back to the 28th episode of the Short Try Talk podcast. Today, I'm very, very excited as we have a road cyclist here today with us. She is the second world champion that's coming to the podcast now, so I'm super excited for that. She has been racing for a couple of years now in Astroworks team. Uh, she's from a Kiwi land. She's from New Zealand. And for those who don't know who I'm talking about yet, Today we have Neve Fischer-Black, 6th in the Giro last year, well, under-23 world champion in Wollongong in Australia. Good morning, Neve. How are you doing today? Hi. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Uh, how was racing yesterday? Uh, just off the race in Belgium, how was that? Yeah, it, uh, it was It was a nice race, but uh, unfortunately um, my race was pretty interrupted by a... I just had a pretty untimely mechanical... Um, so I was, I was pretty out of the race early on, chasing back. And um, on that sort of, these sort of Belgium circuits and stuff, it's, it makes a difficult race. So um didn't have the best day, but it was really nice to be back racing in Belgium. And, and it's, it's a good opener for the Ardennes always. So, yeah. That's good to hear. And how are you feeling today? Tired or did you go on a ride already? Uh, yeah, a little bit tired, but I just finished a, a little bit of recon of the Amstel Gold Race with Damie. So, yeah. Still a decent ride, but it was nice to do. Looking forward to it. Uh, do, do, do you enjoy the Spring Classics? Yeah, I really enjoy the Spring Classics. The Ardennes are some of my favorite races. They are um, difficult to get right, um, and they're super hard races. So, yeah, they, it can be a funny time of the year, but I, I always enjoy them. Yeah. <laughs> Would you say you prefer the, the classes of Spring Classics to the big uh, big tours, like the Giro on the Tour on the Welter? Uh. Yeah, I I don't know if I prefer them, but I I like them both for different reasons. You know, they I think the classics are very very different scenario. The one day races, uh, yeah, you you are the effort you are making and the effort they are is a a lot bigger than you would get in a stage race. I think it's uh, yeah, they're very hard days. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's fair enough. Okay, so enough enough uh, chit chat uh, to start the podcast. I usually ask this question because uh, you always hear different kind of stories as everybody really comes from a different background. And I wanted to ask you, how did uh, how did you first start on the bike? How do you start riding at home? Or was it was it due to family matters because you maybe had some, your, either your mom or your dad riding? Or was it just you, someone gave you a bike and you started? Um, yeah, I, I, my dad was a cyclist when I was younger. Um but it was not for a while that, that I got into cycling. Basically, I always saw him going off and like her and stuff, and I didn't really know exactly what he was doing. Uh, first, I think I more just liked the equipment aspect. I thought bikes were fancy and they were cool, and I, I was a little bit obsessed with all these bikes. I told my dad I wanted this bike, I wanted that one, and I wanted to wear the cool clothes. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, my brother also got into cycling, and that uh, he is close in age. There's only about a year and a half gap. So we were very competitive with each other. And then, yeah, we started going to some small races when we were maybe, yeah, seven or eight on the track. And, um, yeah, it all kind of started from there. Started on the track and mountain biking. And then, yeah, eventually on into the road when, when I was a bit older. Um, I also did lots of other sports too. Um, but then I decided cycling was for me when I was maybe – yeah, a little bit older, and I could start going to bigger competitions and things. 
um, yeah, so that's how I started into it. Mostly sibling rivalry was what got me going with my brother. Uh, so it's cool, cool that he's also professional today. <laughs> I was going to say both of you are professional, but uh, not both of you are world champion. So how's that rivalry going? <laughs> yeah, well, actually, Finn is a junior world champion. So he, he got the first world title in the family. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I have the, uh, yeah, I'm uh, we're on level footing now, I think. I have an under twenty three title, and he's still uh, still got some work to do. <laughs> <laughs> I would say you have the higher trophy, absolutely. So you can you can okay. take the win so far, like yeah. getting, working for it. But yeah. no, that's, that's really cool. And uh, jumping onto world championship a little, uh, was it something you knew while, once you finish uh, when you when you cross the finish line that you were world champion of your category, or was it something you had no idea about? Um. Yeah, I, I think I knew in the back of my mind pretty quickly. Um, but it was more like, uh, because, uh, yeah, I was also racing in the in the race that was there for the elite. So more the first thing I felt as I crossed the line was just a little bit disappointment because I felt that I was very close to, to a better result or even the win. I was racing for the win, really, with that bunch. Um so yeah, the first thing was disappointment that I felt, but yeah, maybe five minutes later, then I had some people coming up to me and saying, "Ah, oh, yeah, but actually you're a world champion. And then uh, you sort of realize that, oh, well, yeah, I'm also a world champion. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, I have to say funny feeling, but they're also very nice. Um, there was two, two minds to that race, but uh, yeah, also a very nice outcome. I mean, yeah, it's not not the worst result, result. Like you didn't win the race, but you ended up being an under twenty three world champion. I don't think many people can say that. So that's kind of <laughs> yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. And and last year was actually my last year as an under twenty three. So I think it was a really nice way to finish my career as under twenty three with the with the world title, the first world title for for women. So yeah, it was really nice. And yeah. for New Zealand too, something I think really special for the country. The so. country, absolutely. And speaking of New Zealand, uh, you come from New Zealand, uh, quite far away from where we are right now. How does it feel to be uh, like so far from home and how have you adapted to living uh, around here? Yeah, I, I it has its good moments and also it's uh, bad moments being so far from home. I mean, from uh, my first year, pretty much living away from home was the year of COVID and actually I was for a lot of circumstances, I actually couldn't get back home. So I was forced to sort of make a home for myself here. And I think that was almost had many benefits to it, uh, making a home for myself in Spain, because it means that now I'm so much more comfortable spending time away from New Zealand and I don't get so homesick. I know that between the races, I have my home in Spain to go home to. And um, I think that's really important for us foreign riders because yeah, we, we can't just pop home uh, to, to our home country. But yeah, obviously, like, I love what I do and I love living on the other side of the world. But obviously, yeah, in the, in the hard moments, um, maybe when things aren't going so well for racing or, or yeah, you're, you realize you're in a foreign country and it's harder to navigate some things, um, then then you miss home a lot. And that's when you're homesick, I, I feel anyway. Um, but yeah, it's just about sort of accepting that and, and knowing that, yeah, there are people to help around wherever they're Pluses and, and negatives to, to both sides, but yeah. It's nice to go home every now and then, but I do love my life, yeah. Oh, that's, that's really good to hear. And of course, there's always like positive and negative, negative things about doing this or doing that, but 
Uh, you got got to always see with the positive. Yeah, and, exactly. You know. Yeah, it's a pretty cool life we live here. So yeah, I'm not complaining. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And in terms of this season, uh, what can we can we expect from Neve? Uh, you you got a pretty long season ahead. All the big tours still left. You started off uh, with the Spring Classics uh, in New Zealand with the with the Road Cycling Championships. Uh, so what what can we expect to see from you? Where we will see you, and what are your goals? Um. Yeah. I mean, this year, really, for this weekend, it feels like my season is just beginning now. Um, I have not had so many race days so far. So the Ardennes Classics is where it kicks off for me. And then from here, I go straight to the Vuelta, the Tour of Spain, and uh, several other Spanish races from there. And then it's all into the tours, like the Tour de France and uh, things like that. So my season's pretty full gas for now, and I'm excited to really get stuck into the racing. But in terms of my goals, um, yeah, definitely the, the longer tours, they suit me with these longer climbs and the sort of the back-to-back, the days of, Back-to-back efforts, um, it's something that suits me. I, I'm able to recover well and things like that. So um, for sure, those are my goals this year. I, I had a nice result of fifth in the Giro last year, and I, I would like to better that this year. Um, that's, yeah. Uh, I'm still sort of finding myself as an athlete, so I will take, yeah, each race is a new race and sort of finding what I can do and so also about building that confidence. Um and helping my team along the way too, because uh, we're a pretty strong team so far. Exactly, it's just building up and uh, fitting all the right pieces from when the moment comes. Just be there and and absolutely nail it. Of course, exactly. And, uh, you've seen uh, already uh, the stages of the world, especially are out. I would say like you're a pretty good climber, like you said. So uh, you probably enjoy the the stages so far. Like there's a pretty there's a couple of flat ones. But yeah. the last one is a pretty pretty tough one. We could call it like that. So, how are you feeling for it? Uh yeah. I had a I've had a brief look at the course, and it, it strikes me as it's going to be a very hard race. Um, there's a few pretty tough climbing stages in there, and um, the the short TT on the first day that's going to be tough for me also because we have some strong riders in the team. And uh, a short TT like that is going to be super fast and I'll be, I think, on the limit trying to hang on. But, um, yeah, I, I'm definitely excited for it. It's it's something new uh, on the woman's calendar, a seven-day welter in, in May. Um, so, yeah, um, for sure, I, I don't so much know what to expect because everyone comes straight off the Ardennes, so it will be a different race. But, um, yeah, for, I, I always... No, from the past couple of years, I seem to go well in May in Spain. So um, I hope I have good legs there and I hope it's a good race. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we'll be watching. And a little bit asking, a little bit of, out of curiosity, uh, did you ever picture yourself uh, being a professional writer and speaking about um, not maybe we can we can maybe not speak yet about winning run tours, but being on the podium and fighting for it? Did you ever picture yourself fighting for that? Um. Yeah. I think I think for sure I was dreamt of it. Um, it's funny because yeah, as we spoke about the whole, I live. I'm from New Zealand and I, I live on the other side of the world now. When I was younger, I kind of like. I think you have to be pretty driven to be able to to get up and leave your own home country and travel to the other side of the world. So, yeah, if I think back, I almost feel like I'm a different person now. I don't know who that was when I decided. 
oh, I'm just going to go to Europe because I think that takes a lot of uh, determination. And um, But yeah, I remember how much I wanted it to become professional. So yeah, I don't know if I saw it like I would be on the podium and, and winning races and things. But yeah, for sure, it's... I think every cyclist dreams that every professional cyclist dreams that sort of thing. So, yeah. And how is the decision-making process? You just mentioned uh, moving from literally to the other side of the world um, onto a new different team, getting used to things you're probably not used to at all, a completely different landscape from what you're used to as well. How is all of that for you? Uh, yeah, it definitely had its tough moments, but I think it's... um. Because also I was very young when I, I, I think I was 18 when I first came to Europe. It, I think it really shaped me as a person. Uh, New Zealand's a very different environment to, to Europe. And I'm also really proud that I, I did make the jump to come over here because, yeah, I, I learned so much. Um, yeah, maybe <laughs> some things harder to learn than, than others, but, uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty grateful for the person that's made me today. And I think, yeah, I, I know that's, in cycling, it's also a hard sport, so you have to be a pretty resilient person and it's a hard head. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's been good for me and I'm glad I did it. I think uh, for every young person, experiences like that are really, really good. Um, yeah. Absolutely. In general, I would say it's something that really builds you and that makes you as a person and just teaches you so many things. And exactly. You have, yeah. You have to learn so many things at the same time that you literally no clue about. And like, oh, uh, my mom used to do this real easy. Turns out yeah. it's not that easy. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. But yeah, and you just mentioned you got a you got a pretty strong team, uh, one of the best teams in the world, really, uh, for wins. How does it feel to be surrounded by such great teammates with such great level at the same time? And it's, I imagine it's a constant learning process from them. Yeah, I mean, actually, it's a really cool environment because, yeah, you feel, yeah, constantly motivated. I mean, seeing your teammates perform on such a high level, it's also, at the same time, it sort of increases the pressure because you also want to perform like that. Um, but in a way, it's it's also nice for me as a developing rider the last two years, I've been able to sort of, you know, hide behind these big names a bit. And um, the special thing about this team is, yeah, we have the team role and I do the team job, but also there is always so much opportunity that comes with being the strongest team. Um, yeah, I, I had many moments in the last couple of years where I, I've also been in a nice break and the team has said, uh, it's okay for me to go. Um, and I think you don't come by that sort of opportunity on other teams. Um they're really happy for any rider to to take the win and things like that. Um, it doesn't matter who it is. It's the, the good thing about this team. And, yeah, um, yeah, as you say, it's just super motivating. Um, I think we feel a lot of pressure now coming into the Ardennes from the Classics team because they had such a good start to the season. But, um, yeah, it's just such a nice team to be part of, really. I mean, yeah, like you mentioned, they don't really mind who takes a win because uh, most of the team can take it. You guys are pretty, pretty exactly. big level, uh, yeah. pretty strong girls, uh, absolutely riding their best. And so far, you've you've been racing uh, for a few years in Europe now. Uh, you've gotten to experience a little bit all of the Grand Walters, Grand Tours. 
what would you say has been your favorite place to race in? Like it can be maybe a long one, it can be a day day stage, whatever. Um, yeah, it's funny. I always say that um, my favorite race is Strada Bianchi because uh, yeah, I, uh, also, also Italy is a very nice place to race, and, and there's something about that race that is really uh, special for me. Uh, I really like the challenge of the gravel, and there's something about the race that it, it always seems to defeat me, and that. Um, to me feels like a challenge you know one day i want to defeat the race <laughs> um and then yeah for, for for the rest for sure i i mean as i said before i i always seem to have a really good races in spain um in the spanish block in may so i, I really like these races and normally they are pretty much the target of my season um and yeah the, yeah i mean there's so much italy and spain i <laughs> pretty much love love racing here and the duro and stuff like that so because they often they often include big hills and stuff, and that suits me. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, you're speaking about two of the best countries, so much better than France. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And a little bit of a tougher question now. I haven't done this before, but it just popped in my mind and thought it'd be interesting. Uh, you're a professional rider now, under twenty three world champion, fifth in the Giro last year. Uh, quite, uh, quite the background you have right now. So if you were to say three things to 12-year-old Neve, because you're 22 right now, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. if you were to go to go back uh, to your 12-year-old, what would you say to her to kind of uh, keep going or, or just encourage her? Um, uh, <laughs> not an easy question, I know. Yeah, it's not an easy question. Um, Maybe some moments yeah, that think, will help you. I think... Um, Pretty much, like when I was twelve, I, I yeah, as you know, I'm quite a small rider. So when I was twelve, I was a a little bit behind everyone else. So yeah, I would just say, um, yeah, I mean, just be patient. I think, just take, and yeah, in being patient, also take every opportunity with two hands. You know, I think um, because it it will come eventually as like these last two through two or three years of my professional career um yeah it's constantly people telling me be patient um but also yeah be aware that uh you should also yeah how can i say it uh, just take it while you can you know um yeah take every opportunity you can it's, it's like this yeah how, yeah that's yeah, what no. I would say to 12-year-old me anyway. <laughs> just just <laughs> like, both be patient and also, yeah, don't don't waste opportunity. You know? Yeah, that's, that's a great answer. Like, uh, I don't know what I would say myself. Like, uh, we're here yeah. and it's what matters. No, it was, a, it was just a question that popped in my mind. I thought it'd be interesting to ask to see what the answer was. Like, I, yeah. I was explaining exactly. it. <laughs> yeah, I, it's funny, though, because I think I often think about what I would tell 12-year-old me. Like uh, when you're out on a long ride or something, but uh, yeah, once you put put me on the spot, I, I I'm not sure I could say one thing. But yeah, I think there's so much we could say to our younger selves. <laughs> yeah, no, it's the, it's a public nerve. It's all right. Uh, we we all get it sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not everybody's used to the spotlight. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, speaking of what you were just saying, it sounds like uh, you had some pretty tough moments, especially like growing up while being uh, just a little bit behind, like you mentioned. Yeah, so, right. just just uh, just always on the smaller side. Yeah, no. yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And what would you say uh, during your cycling career so far? Uh, you said you uh, came to Europe four years ago, just before COVID. 
while well, you were 18, what would you say has been the toughest moment so far of uh, just uh, to be able to achieve this dream? Uh, you got to leave that behind or whatever. Uh, for sure. Uh, was out of doubt is that 2020 year of COVID. <laughs> I mean, that was a, my first year professional and yeah, it was also a very nice year. I was national champion, but it's hard to, yeah, I started on such a high and then it felt like I had everything stripped beneath me before I had even done my first professional race. Um, and then at the end of that year, I couldn't get home to New Zealand, as I said. So, um, yeah, that was a big sort of shift in my life and, and sort of finding my, finding, um, yeah, how I could make this, this life work for me. Um, so yeah, it changed me for the better, I think. Um, but yeah, that was a big moment for, in my life so far. Of course, uh, we all go through some experiences that just uh, make us and build us and help us be ourselves and just make you stronger and more resilient, uh, like you mentioned before. And yeah, we talked, talked about the worst one. Uh, what would you say has been the best one so far? The best one? Um, I, I, I really would say probably, yeah, I talked about my worst moment there. Um, and then this the next year, my first training camp, I came to this team and I, I realized pretty much I was in a team camp, my first team camp with um, all my pretty much idols that I had pretty idolized um, all through growing up and coming becoming a professional cyclist. So, um, yeah, that was a turning moment for me, realizing that these are normal people and realizing that even these amazing professionals don't, they have a nice balance in their life, you know, cycling is not everything. And they also had fun and things like that. Um, sometimes they skip the training ride. Sometimes, yeah, they just chilled out, did something fun. Um, it, it sort of opened my eyes to to realize that, yeah, cycling doesn't have to be everything. Um, yeah. And that I was part of something really cool. And that, yeah, that was, was Team SD Works. So, yeah. It's all been uh, good from there. And, I, I'm really proud of how far I've come as a cyclist. So, I mean, of course, uh, not everybody ever in their lives gets uh, the results you've had so far, and it's only the beginning for you. So there's plenty plenty ahead, I believe. And yeah. it was something I was thinking about before, and uh, I was like, okay, I'll ask you later, but then I forgot, but now you brought it back up. So you went into the team as a 20-year-old with, uh, like you said, uh, some big names in the team. Uh, you had Demi, you had Marlan, uh, like maybe the most known, like the biggest ones because they've yeah they got a pretty 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 big big name as well. And so would you say you have a mentor in the team that's helped you through and that's taught you a lot of stuff and that you literally uh, see see her uh, just like a, an actual le- legend? Um, uh, um, 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 sorry, was that a mentor or a mentor? Yeah. No, some someone's been a mentor for you on the team oh, yeah. when you came back in. Uh, you started like you were pretty young, so I imagine uh, the experience there was lacking a bit. Yeah, actually, um, I think when I first came into the team, I had the most to do with uh, sort of my main role models were Anna van der Bregen and Chantal van der Moeplak. Um So yeah, they they sort of played a really special role of influence into. To sort of helping me learn and, and develop, um, both in like some nice moments of advice and also racing with them. They could also 
inflict some hard moments, like uh, some hard words of why didn't you do this in the race? Why didn't you do that? Um, because yeah, at the end it's also, they also have the high pressure environment of racing and they're not just there to help me. Um, I also had to do a job for them. And I think that was really good, you know, uh, that they also let me find my way own way a little bit. Also, yeah, so many other girls on this team, uh, like helped me with so many things. Um, I think I can't say one role model, that's the thing, um, or mentor. But yeah, for sure, people like Chantal and Anna and Elena Cicchini and things like that, they've been really special people for me. Yeah, it doesn't really need to be just one person. Like, I mean, exactly. all your teammates, like, you don't really just learn from a person. You, at the end of the day, when you, when you start and you're a beginner, uh, to call it that way, because you're not really a beginner, but compared to them, you are. Yeah, exactly. Absorbing absolutely everything from, from everyone you can and just, uh, making the best out of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think, uh, from everyone, I learned a lot, <laughs> a lot. And I don't know if you if you've considered this, but if you weren't to not be a cyclist, have you ever thought about what you would be or what would you have liked to do instead of cycling? Yeah, for sure, I've thought about that a lot. Um, but I think for me, I, it was always like a, I've always felt so driven in, in sport and things like that, and, and becoming a cyclist. Um, and I think I, I would also have, I think. I flick between lots of different decisions of what I would see myself. I actually still, I still study on the side of cycling and I still, um, I have trouble committing to, to one, one line of study because there is, yeah, there's so much I want to learn and, and do. And I think I, I probably would have been, if I wasn't a cyclist, I would have been one of those people that maybe I spent some time and went and traveled and maybe I tried a few different degrees and things, but yeah, I'm not exactly sure what I would have become, but, um, yeah you know i just follow the heart and i would have found something <laughs> yeah at the end of the day it's just uh doing what you like uh, what you enjoy and what makes you happy uh happiness exactly. in life really and yeah. we, we've spoken quite a bit about cycling now i think it's it's enough to for a bit yeah <laughs> and, uh let's speak about what you like to do outside of cycling was it what is it you enjoy doing was it what is it that makes you happy outside of cycling um yeah, well, as I say, I study a bit um, on the side from a, from university, so I, I really enjoy that, you know, using my brain a bit. It's, it's nice to switch off from, yeah, exerting physical exercise and things like that and, and actually think about things um, and learn. And then, when yeah, some things I really enjoy, like when I'm back in New Zealand, I have a, a dog and I just love to go exploring with my dog um that's something i very much miss um yeah and just, just normal day-to-day -day things you know i think people forget that we're also normal people and i like to do cooking i like to go shopping i like to go sit in the coffee shops you know it's um i also have i think a nice life outside of bike riding um so yeah that's what i enjoy yeah i mean especially coffee i think it it comes hand to hand with cycling if you don't like coffee you have a problem if you're a cyclist. yeah exactly yeah yeah uh, caffeine is a is as our drug <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then you were mentioning your your dog what what's his name my dog's name is coco, coco. <laughs> That's funny name, name. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what kind of dog is it what? um she is uh, i'm a mix of 
I think several dog types, maybe. I think she has some lab and um, border collie in her. So, yeah. yeah. But she's very nice coloring. That's why she's called Coco. <laughs> <laughs> mm, is it something like, what it, What would you say, speaking of, like, of your dog right now, what would you say uh, is the thing you miss most sometimes from not being being able to be home and just uh, uh, being that far away? Um. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, my dog and for sure just <laughs> just the ease of being in your home country. You know, I think I'm trying to learn now a little bit of Spanish or Catalan because I live in Girona. But um, yeah, just simple things like I can speak to other people in English, but not even just English, just the Kiwi language to say, like, you know, our, our slang and our sort of strange, funny sounding accent. And it just, like, you know, the system of you've grown up in that life, you know. I know that the, it's just a, an ease of life. Um, sometimes I do miss it a bit when, you know, it's even just tricky to, to find a doctor to go to or something in Spain. Um, sometimes, I, yeah, I do miss that sort of side. But, um, yeah, it also adds an extra challenge and it's nice to have something, something new in life. So, yeah. Yeah. Challenging is always nice. It makes life interesting, and you always end up learning learning new things from doing challenges. Of course, I gotta say, uh, you probably don't have to worry much about having a kiwi slang, like you said, because all around Girona is also uh, Canadians, Americans. They're probably yeah. the worst accent, in my opinion. So it's fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Although some of my uh, like Dutch or or, or um, non English speaking teammates say that my kiwi accent is the hardest to understand of of english speaking people so i'm not sure how we're speaking but uh yeah i mean i'm not sure but have they ever met any scottish people that that's where the i actually have a scottish teammate and i think she might be marginally harder <laughs> to understand than me <laughs> i think i think you'll you'll have to send her the podcast interview see what she thinks about it and then uh, come to the podcast to get, to get her opinion. yeah 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 i'll have to refer <laughs> Uh, it's a pretty good train anyways uh okay now a little bit back to cycling is just uh just uh this is a bit of a random interview just questions come to my mind and just throw them so that's uh, yeah. pretty much how it no, works uh, nothing, nothing really prepared uh what would you say is your main goal for this year i uh, you, you haven't really you said that you enjoyed and you wanted to do well maybe even better the result you had last year in Giro. but would you say something it's really in the back of your mind you want to do this year yeah, I think um, for me, my main goal is actually uh, the Spanish block in May. I think Vuelta is my biggest goal. Um, I don't know for sure yet um, whether I, uh, I will be at the Giro or at, or at the Tour de France. I will either do either one. But um, uh, it may be a case that um, I go more to the Tour de France to support Demi. Um and that's also very motivating for me. And I know also, as I say, opportunity comes everywhere in this team. So if I do, uh, I would love to go to, for a stage or something. Um, but yeah, first I want to focus on the Ardennes and the Spanish block. And that's a little bit how we structure our years in this team. Um, we focus on one thing at a time. So yeah, I would say for now, my, my goal is the Volta. <laughs> Volta, yeah. Uh, that's, that's fair enough, of course. And... You were last year in the world already, I believe. Uh, it's quite quite different this year, I would say. Like last year, no big climbs uh, at the end of any stages. So this year, uh, there's quite quite a big change, especially 
uh, like on the last one. I don't know if you've you've climbed uh, Lagos before, but it's it's a pretty tough climb. So yeah, no, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I don't know. I was, I was agreeing. <laughs> it all looks pretty tough. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's probably one of the most beautiful climbs uh, you get to find in Spain. Uh, there's many, I know, but uh, Lagos is truly a special one. And it's also one of the most probably memorable memorable ones uh, from the cycling the cycling world cycling community. So I think it's it's a pretty memorable oh, it's a pretty special place uh, to end up, and especially being in the last stage of the world, I'm sure uh, there'll be a big difference made over there. So will you come to the Vuelta this year then, uh, being uh, the head of the team, or will we see will we see someone else with you? Um. Yeah, I, I we take a strong team to the Volta. Um, for sure. I don't see that I will immediately be the head of the team, but that's sort of how this team works. We we take a strong team with plenty of cards to play. Um, we have a few a few nice climbers on the team, like Damie and uh, Anna Shackley is also an upcoming climber. Um, so yeah, we we go with a strong team with several cards to play. Okay, play as I say, and um. That's we sort of play that to our strengths, um, and then we see, yeah, who's performing the best in the time. Um, so yeah, it'll sort of be played out on the road, and yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, uh, your team special is kind of a poker player because uh, they're putting in cards, and uh, you never know when they're bluffing because uh, the level is so high that uh, you can't really ex- expect anything from you guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and we can really use each other for that, you know. Um, yeah, if if the peloton has several riders on one team to look at, it's it makes a really hard game to play. So, yeah, I mean, it actually, makes it more interesting. Uh, just like we see in the men with uh, kind of jumbo a little bit, uh, they got a few cards to play as well. So you never know what what to expect, really. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And uh, a little bit going back again. Uh, while you were growing up, uh, do you have someone that was your fully idol that you had uh, kind of? Well, maybe not posters because it was not that common at the time, probably. But uh, someone you really wanted to be like. Um. Yeah, I think when I was younger, younger, mostly I just sort of watched the men's racing with my um brother and my dad, and uh, so I, I knew a lot of the male cyclists too. It wasn't until I was a little bit older and I sort of did my own research into female cyclists and things. Um, but I have to say. It sounds strange, but maybe even people like Lance Armstrong was a, a pretty big idol until we found out that, uh, yeah, he didn't do it so fair. And then also people like Mark Cavendish, even today, I yeah. I think he's pretty cool. Um, and, yeah, once, yeah, I, mean, I Mark, think. Yeah, no, Mark's an absolute legend. Uh, just not your type of writer, I would say. Like. No, not at all. <laughs> but that's the thing, I think. When you're younger, you don't – pinpoint yourself as one type of rider you just want to win you know yeah, I, I still sort of live by that today you know i don't like people just calling me a climber because yeah i think for myself i'm more than that you know a race is a race and i go into any race you know w- with confidence and, and with that competitive instinct you know i mean so, you're a rider yeah. at the end of the day uh that's a one of the fun things and the good things about cycling is that anything can happen at any point Exactly. We yeah. saw it. Yeah, I think yeah. racing is so un- unpredictable. 
Yeah, we saw a couple couple weeks ago in Roubaix. Uh, you guys were the favorite in this case with a very strong team. Very, very strong. Yeah. And then uh, just uh, things in the Peloton, a big crash, and everything turns upside down. And then uh, the guys that were in the breakaway just find themselves with a, with a chance to win a Paris-Roubaix, one of the biggest spring classics, probably. So that's the fun thing about cycling. Yeah, <laughs> really exactly. Yeah, it's, it's uh, such a game. And uh, yeah, that's what I really enjoy about it, actually. Um, you really uh, you really never know. <laughs> when, yeah, let's say, uh, let's put yourself in a little bit of a situation. Uh, you're climbing with a climate that's just probably as fast as you, let's put it that way. Would you rather attack or kind of wait for her to see what kind of rhythm she takes and then play your key? Uh, uh, depends really on the climb and where the climb is in the race. Let's say um, finals. Uh, let's say at the end of the stage, final climb. Strong climber, uh, probably. Yeah, okay. Uh, I think you. I would give it time. You know, you read a little bit the rider. I think that's really uh important. You need to read the rider and see uh, how they're working, how they're suffering. And, um, you know, you sort of feel the moment. If you feel that there's a moment to attack and you are definitely going to drop them, then for sure I would go. But also, yeah, weigh up who you're with. And if you, if I think that I can beat them in a sprint, then uh, maybe I take it to the line. But uh, I just need to feel where I'm confident and what I would be confident with. And then, yeah, you, I think that's the thing with racing. Yeah, as I say, you can't predict anything, so you have to really feel it in the moment. And that's... That's an art, and I think I'm still very much learning that. Um, and it, yeah, I think I'm learning from some nice writers. I was going to say, how's your artist side going? Then uh, it is an art, really. It's it's a yeah. science as well. At the same time, it's it's just so interesting. So, how would you say your artist side is going? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it could take some work. I think still. I think. Uh, yeah. <laughs> No, it well, takes some work. It's all about modeling. Uh, you're probably, I would say, you're probably an abstract artist right now, and you're kind of uh, driving yourself some to something more. Yeah, realist. yeah, probably. <laughs> I would put it like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh well, uh, that's uh, pretty much everything on my side. Uh, we'll be uh, looking, looking for you on the races, and obviously cheering for you. I wanted to yeah. thank you again for the opportunity of just uh, chatting for you too, uh, chatting to you for a bit. Uh, it's been uh, really interesting just hearing some of the stories you've told. And I always uh, make this kind of request at the end of the podcast to see if you could give me a song to put at the end. Uh, any- song? Yeah. Anything is valid, any kind of gender. Uh, last episode was uh, jazz, I think. Yeah, it was jazz. And then it was reggaeton. So uh, really anything you want, it's totally fine with me. And I'll be more than happy to be everybody with that. Um. Um... Tough question. Oh, yeah, that's really so many songs to choose from. Uh, maybe I would have to say something like a, a Kiwi tune or something. Yeah, maybe something I mean, from, um, from, uh, ah, now I just have to say someone off the top of my head, a Kiwi band. <laughs> now I can. Uh, it looks like you're struggling, I gotta say. Yeah, right, like, uh, a crowded house song or something. It's nice. <laughs> okay, so we'll leave everybody with a crowded house song. Uh, thanks uh, Neve again it's really been a pleasure and I wish you the very best this season yeah no thank you I've listened to a few of your podcasts so it's it's cool (laughs) thank you there is freedom within there is freedom within
pezzo un solo 